It's the final week of Fish and Palm Onion Country. We've still got a lot of things to cover, and one of them we always cover is the annual State of the Fishery with the Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager, Henry Drews. Part one is today, and it's next. I won't ever understand my shorties be mad When all I want to do is stick my toes in the sand There's nothing wrong with champagne, dancing and such But the nightlife in the city don't impress me much some trout the fishes all tremble at the thought of me when i'm f-i-s-h-double-i-n paul bunyan country you're listening to fish and paul bunyan country well, we talked to him early in the year, and as always, we talk to him late in the year. It is the final week of Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, by the way, starting next week. But uh, Henry Drews is the Regional Fisheries Manager out of the Northwest Office, and it just seems like it's a good time to kind of recap what happened this year. And Henry, first of all, as always, thanks for spending some time with us today. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Kevin. Well, we, we had what I, I would determine a pretty good year, uh, you know, and I always base it on the reports I'm able to get. Uh, there wasn't very many times where I heard, uh, you know, complete downtimes. There always seemed to be an ability to catch some fish. You know, I think you're spot on, and I've heard some of your uh, the guides you've interviewed make the same uh, assessment for the year. I think it was a great year. Um, we started out with kind of a cool spring, cool summer, which prolonged the walleye bite. That was really good. Then when summer came, we had beautiful weather. From mid-June through early August, it was stable weather, warm water, nice summer pattern, pattern set up, and, and fishing was pretty darn good all summer. The last couple of weeks, I'd probably say, as we're in transition, have been probably the toughest part of the fishing season. Yeah, definitely. We had, we, you know, we had kind of a weird August. We did not have our typical warm August. It cooled down quick um, and then just kind of stayed there. Yeah, exactly. And the, the transition we've been on has been tough on fishing. But, boy, I tell you, from mid-June through July, even into the first week of August, you know, we had water temperatures in the upper 70s, real stable weather. And, you know, as I look back, most of the weekends when a lot of folks have the opportunity to go fishing or the vacationers are moving up, you know, we had great weather. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of wind, uh, nice summer temperatures up here, you know, in the low 80s, um, no major thunderstorms and fronts going through. It was just a nice summer, and that translated into pretty good fishing. One of the things I've always said is Lake Bemidji is kind of a sleeper lake that a lot of people, you know, we don't hear a lot of talk on. That has changed dramatically in the last few years. Uh, The secret is out. Maybe I'm part of the blame for that. But (laughs) that lake is so good and so consistent and 100% natural reproduction. And I hear more and more people just, when they talk about Lake Bemidji, just amazed at how good a fishery it is. Oh, it's an excellent walleye fishery. It's got great musky fishing beautiful perch which are you know really the mainstay for for family fishing in the summer and and all winter long and uh, northern pike there's some quality pike uh, and you know around the nooks and crannies there's even some really nice bass and it's that way it's good fishing every year real consistent natural reproduction for walleye and um, yeah i think the word's out (laughs) it certainly is and it has also it has also settled in now as a trophy muskie fishery that seems to be its niche in the muskie world 
Yeah, I believe that's accurate. I mean, it's not a lake you're going to go to and have a whole bunch of follows. You're not going to go out there and catch, you know, four or five fish, but you're going to go out there and have a true opportunity to fish from from 48 to 55, 56 inches. Yeah, and, uh, and, and, you know, those guys are still out there doing that, and the walleye guys are still out there doing that. It, it is just a, it's a fun lake, and it's a... Well, you know, just it's a nice uh, recreational lake, too. It just kind of has a little bit of everything for anybody who wants to be on the water. Yeah, excellent fishing lake. And, you know, sometimes when I, I have uh, family visitors in town, and is uh, we'll take the boat and we'll go on a slow ride down, down the Mississippi into Stump Lake. Uh, you can go upstream. I mean, it's just you can go on really nice boat rides. There's some restaurants you can stop and eat if you while you're out on the water and all the water-based recreation. So it's a very nice centerpiece to the city of Bemidji. Let's talk a little bit about Cass Lake. Uh, you know, that's been a lake people have been watching closely over the last few years due to the uh, very strong population of zebra mussels that are in there. Uh, it is definitely clearer than it used to be. It's definitely a low-light fishery, but it is still producing a ton of uh, walleyes. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a perennial power powerhouse in the angling world around here and you know we just went through a process where we uh, are updating our cast lake fisheries management plan had a group of citizens that we worked with uh, for the past six seven months uh, updating that plan and resoundingly we heard from those folks don't do anything keep it the way it is keep doing what you're doing they're very, very happy with the quality of the walleye fishing, the, the quality of the perch that are in there now, the size of the pike and the muskie. Um, it's, it's just really kind of clicking on all cylinders right now. Um, the zebra mussels certainly have changed the water uh, chemistry. It's clear water now. Um, so once those fish move offshore in the spring, there's a, you know, the lights come on. People are out fishing at night, and, and more and more people are starting to take advantage of that, you know. And then during the daytime, their fish and perch. Yeah. There's real quality perch in there right now. Um, it, it does, in a lot of ways, remind me of Bemidji. Again, it's on the Mississippi River. Again, it's it's all natural reproduction. A lot of good, healthy year classes across the board, and, and a lot of the same types of fish. Absolutely. The fish community is almost identical. There are the connected waters to Castle. You get into some really high-quality bluegills and crappies. You don't have that so much uh, connected to Bemidji, but on Cass Lake, as you move up into Kitchy and Big Rice and, and some of the connected waters on, up the other direction on the Mississippi, Andrusia, and that um, really, really quality sunfish and, and uh, crappie fishing. So you even have take Bemidji's uh, quality fishing opportunities, emulate that at Cass, and then you add some of those other bonus fisheries uh, in connected waters, and it, it's a full package. You know, uh, speaking of zebra mussels, I talked to a lot of guys on Bemidji this year, and I, I tried to remember to ask them quite a bit, you know, are you noticing anything changing in Bemidji? At this point, the answer is no most of the time. Uh, I've got to presume, though, we will see some changes on Bemidji. Hey, you know, I think we will, too. Um, we have found some adults uh, this year. We, You know, we've had observation of adults on Bemidji, but they're still in the population, you know, expansion mode. Um, they're not anywhere near the abundance they are in Cass. So um, just what the future holds for Lake Bemidji with zebra mussels, we're not sure yet. It's a wait and see um, because that population is still in the very early stages of growth. 
And again, uh, you know, we still have to, when we get off Bemidji, when we get off Cass, when we get off any lake, get that boat cleaned off and make sure that we're not transporting anything. There's still a lot of water that doesn't have that stuff in it yet. Absolutely, Kevin. And, and you know, we can do all the, us in the county, the DNR and the county work on boat access inspections and that. But you can't have access inspectors on every access 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It comes down to personal responsibility. Personal responsibility, the angler, the water skier, the wakeboarder, the person buying a new dock or buying a used dock from somebody um, and moving that equipment around. We all have to be vigilant, not just on infested waters, but uninfested waters also, and try to just contain it the best we can. It's our end of the year State of the Fishery with Henry Drews. Much more to come with Henry in the next couple of days. Stay tuned. Some people say fishing is overrated. For the record, they are wrong. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Well, as I noted earlier, this is the final week of Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. I want to thank you guys for being along for the ride again this year. I want to thank everybody who was a part of the show this year. Some great, great people who spend time on the show with us. That's what really makes the show go, is people who know what they're talking about. I am not one of those people. I just happen to know the people who do know what they're talking about. We want to thank you for that. Uh, but we want to remind you, coming up uh, before we're done this week, we've got a few more topics to cover. We've got more with Henry Drews in just a moment and more with Henry Drews tomorrow. We're going to get all the details on the Frank Snyder Jr. Memorial Muskie Tournament uh, later on this week as well. We'll find out who won. We'll find out how many fish were caught, what lake was producing the most. Some really fascinating stats we'll be able to talk about as well. We're going to hear from Dick Beardsley one more time before we wrap it up, and I'm hoping we'll get one more uh, shout-out about the uh, Blue Line Walleye Tournament, which is coming up at the end of the month on Lake Bemidji, headquartered at Rutgers Birchmont Lodge, a big fundraiser for police and police charities. And uh, Destination Sporting Goods is putting that on. So we'll try to get more information on that. We're not done talking outdoors, of course. Once again this year, Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors begins next week. But rather than the daily, it'll be a weekly show every Thursday, 1240 during high noon on KBUN-FM 104.5. And we'll stream it as well. As always, you can go to Podcast One and subscribe to the podcast or iTunes and subscribe to the podcast as well. Uh, and also it'll run on Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. We'll delve into hunting topics. Got a lot of deer hunting to go. Bear hunting's underway. Uh, duck hunting starting soon. Early goose season is on, etc., etc., etc. We'll cover all those topics. But we, of course, are going to continue to talk fishing because this is a premier place to fish, and fishing in the fall and winter is a great activity as well. So all of those things will continue to be covered, but just a reminder that starting next week, it'll be weekly, it'll be Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, and it'll be on Thursdays on KBUN-FM 104.5. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Henry Drews is my guest today. He's the regional fisheries manager out of the Northwest office here in Bemidji. We always have him on the final week to give us the state of the fishery. The state of the fishery sounds pretty good. Henry, one of the other good things about uh, this neck of the woods and really the state of Minnesota is how smart people are and how good they are at self-policing. Oh, I I agree. I've had the opportunity to travel around the country, uh, see how other agencies work, see how uh, uh, fishing takes place and, you know, the level of knowledge of anglers in other states and that and and the the passion that the people have about their resources and you know Minnesota's second to none it is um the fishing we have the water quality we have 
is is our way part of our way of life and for many people that's why they live in Minnesota particularly northern Minnesota up here in Paul Bunyan country i mean it's just you know forget january and february <laughs> <laughs> it's an amazing place to live and the resources we have and that people are pretty proud and protective of them Let's slide over to Leach. I, I wouldn't call it a raging contro- controversy, but there were certainly differences of opinion last year when uh, adjustments were made to the slot limit on that lake. Um, first year in, how's it looking to you? I think it's been a great year. I mean, uh, people are concerned that too many fish were caught. Um, I, I don't think that is the case. I think we took advantage of some uh, you know, some of the uh, abundant, you know, medium to larger size fish, those fish from 18 to 22 inches. Uh, we we know we're going to have a higher harvest of those. We're um, we haven't analyzed our creel survey that we did on the lake this year. Actually, it still goes through the end of September. We'll have really good data from that. We're doing our fall gill netting assessment on leech right now. That data will help us. Um, we feel the fish were there to make available to anglers um, to utilize them and not get us in a position where we have too many large fish in the lake. And anglers responded. The fish bit. It was an excellent fishing season, uh, start to finish here on on leech, and that's the fall fishing just getting started. Okay, um, let's uh, talk a little bit now about Red Lake. Um, I don't know if it's a matter of Red Lake is just expected to be great all the time. Uh, is why I'm not hearing as much about it, or if it was kind of a down year. When I uh, did specifically ask people about it, they they always seem to be catching fish. You know, it, Red Lake. The history on Red Lake is. Uh, the bite um, with the opener is exceptional, and that lasts, you know, four to six weeks. And then the catch rates go down when those fish pull off the shore, um, and and people go back to their other other waters, you know, that they normally would fish mid middle of the summer. And so, not a lot of people fish red, especially come July fourth. You know, through July and August, there aren't a lot of people up there. You can go up there and catch fish, but it isn't that explosive high catch rate situation that really draws the people in May and early June. So the fish are there. Um, I just stopped by the uh, area fisheries office, and they were processing the, the fish out of their assessment nets that they collected today on um, Upper Red Lake. We'll be surveying up there for the next week or so. And I tell you what, it was pretty darn impressive catch. There's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of walleyes between 14 and 22 inches, and it's looking like it's going to be another really good winter season up there. You know, I, I think that's a that's a large part of it is there's just so much water to cover that once they start spreading out a little bit, it takes takes some work to find them. They're there, but they got so much more room to, to roam than a lot of other lakes. Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, Red Lake is... Um, it, when the fish are in and they're all up along shore there in the spring, it's easy fishing. So once it gets moves from being easy fishing to a little more difficult fishing, folks switch to other lakes. Um, but you can go up there in, in June and July and, and just work a little harder. You might not catch 60 fish in a day, but you certainly can catch a limit and plus a few others for fun. Um, it's They're there. And uh but we were kind of spoiled how that first six weeks of the open water season goes up there. Uh, and I was continuing to hear great things this year for Lake of the Woods. Uh, things been on a winning streak for quite a few years now. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. I Just when you think uh, 2018, you know, it couldn't get any better. The fish never stopped biting on Lake of the Woods this summer. Yeah. And, uh, and people were going up there, and I, I know... The resorts are are anxious for a season transition here to, get, to take a breath before the ice fishing season starts. 
they have been busy, busy, busy up there, and and both large sauger and, and abundant walleyes in shallow, out deep, downriggers, uh, up in the islands along the Canadian border, in the big traverse, even in the mouth of the Rainy River. It's just been uh, wall-to-wall uh, excellent season on Lake of the Woods. Well, and, and in addition to just a crazy, busy, and excellent walleye season, You've also got all that, uh, all those people coming up for sturgeon fishing early and late, and boy, it just never slows down there. No, it doesn't. They don't. Their shoulder seasons are shrinking. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they, even the summer sturgeon fishing, uh, you can July, August, and September. You know, we have a harvest season. You know, the one per year season extends into those summer months. Um, we're seeing uh, more and more people fishing sturgeon on the Rainy River in the summer. Um, it's it's a very relaxing thing to do, and it stays light late into the day or into the evening. Um, more and more people are going up and taking advantage of the summer sturgeon fishing. I mean, the spring is is uh, very busy up there, but now the summer, they're starting to see folks plan trips and going up there, and uh, particularly if they get blown off the big lake walleye fishing, or they come in early with their limit, then they're going out in the rainy and fishing sturgeon. So. That's now becoming a you know popular two seasons. <laughs> Crazy. Now is Rainy Lake in your area? Uh, no, that's uh, to the neighboring region to the east. Okay. Well, l- lucky for them. That's a beauty one. That's a beautiful one too. Yeah, we are blessed, aren't we? There's, there's, there's <laughs> yes. nice water all over Minnesota. Um, going back to muskies for a second, we you know we talked about Bemidji being a trophy muskie fishery. Heard a lot of uh, reports on leech this year. In fact, there was like a three week period when it was absolutely insane for big muskies biting they've got a ton of 50 plus inch fish in there now and i'm hearing more and more about man trap as well so we're getting more and more really quality muskie fisheries up here yeah you know i i I don't recall too much about last summer's muskie fishing um, but i do not believe it was anything like this year this year has been a, a kind of a banner year for for summer muskie fishing and, you know, I think it relates to how stable the weather was. You know, after after it stabilized there in mid-June, things set up, and the muskies, you know, they like stable weather. They don't like, you know, frequent cold fronts coming through. Um, I was talking to a couple of anglers that fished in the Frank Schneider International Muskie Tournament, and, you know, most of those folks will, will fish off a leech, but they do scatter around on the man traps and the bigs and the plans and the bemidjis, but... But I heard of a lot of muskies caught. I don't have the totals uh, handy right now, but it sounds like they had a wonderful event uh, on last weekend, the weekend after Labor Day. And uh, a lot of first-time muskie fishermen caught fish. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I've been just hearing crazy things all year. I mean, to the unleash, um, probably, you know, I heard stories from the the elder anglers about the muskie, uh, what was it, the muskie massacre of the 1957 yeah. or whatever year it was? Yep. Uh, this year probably is as close as they've come to that in a long time. Yeah, and you know, Kevin, it was just a few years ago people were real worried about leech. They weren't seeing a lot of fish and that, and, you know, uh, you know, we knew they were there. But there was a couple of quiet summers, and, and last summer was pretty good on leech. And then, like you said, this summer, lights out. And uh, I, I, I can't answer the question of what drives that. I mean, those fish didn't come out of thin air. I mean, they've been there. Those 42 to 50-inch fish people were catching are 8 to 12, 13 years old. So they've been out there. They just haven't been feeding on what anglers have been presenting. 
Henry Drew's my guest. He's the regional fisheries manager out of the Northwest office here in Bemidji doing the annual State of the Fishery at the end of the season. We've got more with Henry tomorrow, and we'll also discuss how things went at the Frank Snyder Junior Memorial Muskie Tournament. That's all done tomorrow's show. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks for being here. Fish Call it Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator skin. Man, I love Operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and 328 23.